I always love speaking with Hendo. There's lots to take away from that conversation. It's obviously hard to imagine the pressure of a special forces firefight where life and death decisions can come in milliseconds. An operator like Hendo can't afford to leak one single drop of ability. It's clear from the interview that for Hendo, performance routines were fundamental in helping him to stay laser focused on the task at hand and to consistently deliver everything he had. And most importantly, to achieve mission success. If the question is, what does elite psychology or emotional control look like? Then the answer is that outliers like Hendo possess three switches, on, control, and off. Just like we have components of physical fitness, power, endurance, agility, strength, cardiovascular coordination, so on. For me, there are three crucial components of psychological fitness in terms of elite performance that I want to maximize personally and professionally with everyone I work with. First is the on switch. This is where you plug into the unconscious brain, which is the source of all elite performance, where all your skills are stored and gives you that ability to fire on all cylinders. Second is the control switch. This is activated when you notice the emotional brain taking charge, when panic has the potential to set in, and when flicked, this control switch hands back the power supply to the unconscious or your frontal brain. Third is the off switch. This unplugs all three brains completely so you can actually detach, relax, and reap the benefits that recovery, rest, and relaxation bring, chiefly growth. If you want some more context on this, then revisit the lessons from episode two with Chris Billum-Smith, where we outline how this works in more depth. Now, these switches are important as any technical skill and not only for the purposes of performing well, but for the sake of having a life. When you learn to flick each switch, you maximize your performance along with your quality of life and health alongside and after achievement. Flicking the switch is a skill, and like any skill, it can be developed. When practiced, we can supersede our natural impulse to panic and become the master of our emotions instead of their servant. The paradox is that we very rarely think about training psychological skills in the same way we train technical or physical skills. We must remind ourselves that like any skill, we must invest methodology, time and energy to develop and maintain this psychological capacity. The good news is that emotions are built by you, not built into you. You possess an unbelievable tool, your brain, which can make you confident, move you from panic to calm, and switch you off from the world completely if and when required. The question is, how do you flick the switch like Hendo does and seize control when chaos strikes? Well, in psychology, what we call performance routines are the switches we can flick. They comprise a series of actions that generate a desired emotional state. The sequence of your thoughts and actions is what generates the emotions you experience. If you change the routine, the type and sequence of thoughts and actions you engage in, you can change the results. In effect, which brain you switch on, what emotions you feel, and what actions you ultimately take. Just like tuning a radio into that perfect frequency, executing a routine tunes you into the optimal emotions that performance may require from you at that time. Performance routines are punctuated by a very deliberate set of actions with a clear purpose to give you control over your emotions. A clear process to follow mitigates the tendency to dwell in the moment and overthink, which prevents the power supply diverting to your emotional brain, 
but routines also put you in charge, switching you from reactive to proactive, bringing focus and calm, even when on the outside there's chaos and disorder. The perfect routine is going to be unique to each individual, their challenges, experiences, environments. Excellence is highly personal, and so are your emotions. But they all follow some very predictable patterns, and that's what we're going to focus on now. I want to talk you through an example control switch routine, outlining the series of steps that an outlier like Hendo might undertake in order to regulate any negative emotions, be it anxiety, fear, or frustration, when they inevitably set in from time to time so that you can bounce back fast and perform. The Mindset app is going to be chock full of performance routines like this that you can use when you need to flick the on-off or control switch. So if you find this useful, check the link in description to check out the free guided version the next time you need to flick a switch. It normally starts like this. All is going fine and then suddenly whack. Something happens and it triggers negative emotion, be it stress, frustration, anger or anxiety. Let's just call them redhead. Uh, that's okay. This is part of performance and part of life. And acknowledging that's really important. The focus, however, is, of course, on flicking the switch and bouncing back fast. We have three areas to optimize. First, where you focus your attention, we want to bring it away from the stressor and into the present moment. Second, your energy expenditure, we want to dial it right down. And third, the quality of your emotions. We want soothing, calm, positive emotions. The first step is to congratulate yourself. Emotional control always begins with awareness. The awareness that you're in redhead or a suboptimal state is always the first small victory. So the second you're aware, you need to congratulate yourself on winning that first battle. The next thing you want to think is hit mute. Don't text back. Don't take the call. Don't make the decision. Don't try to fix it yet. Just pause. Much of what you think and say at this point will be extreme or exaggerated. Your mood is temporary, but once your words, messages, or emotions are out there, you can't put them back. Next up, as soon as you've noticed you're not where you want to be emotionally, you need to act. By initiating action, you take ownership of the situation. The immediate dialogue of your emotional brain when redhead strikes looks like, I can't get out of bed, this is so unfair. I'm going to kill him. Your first objective is to intercept this pattern of thinking, overriding your emotional brain before it can get too much momentum. A great way to do this is with a distraction countdown. This goes something like, on my count of five, get up and clap your hands. So if we were to literally try it on now, it would go like this. Get up on the count of five, four, three, two, one. <coughs> clap your hands together. And two amazing things just happened doing this process. One, you've just given yourself time to pause. And two, you've given yourself distraction from the event. We're all different. If you prefer to count from 10 to 1, 3 to 1, slap your thighs, stretch up and out, do whatever works for you. Sometimes just counting to 10 can allow a storm to pass. Your next objective is to get a grip of your attention. If you're thinking about the future, if you're thinking about the past, then you're not thinking about what you're doing right now in the present, which is where we want your attention. We're going to do so using a series of grounding exercises to combat this. Grounding is basically all about reconnecting to the present by bringing your attention to a specific point. Again, let's try it on now. In your head or out loud, I want you to answer the following questions. First, I want you to recite your name, your age, where you are, who else is there.
Now I want you to just notice, simply notice five things you can see. Anything that grabs your attention. And now four things you can hear. Three things you can feel. Two, you can smell. And one, you can taste. Using your basic human senses, sight, hearing, smell, touch, taste, like you just have, allows you to very quickly bring your attention away from the past or future and reconnect your brain and body into the present moment. Your next aim is to switch off the stress hormones that fuel the negative, uh, anxious feelings. And then we want to drive feelings of positivity and calm. A quick, easy way to initiate this is through optimizing your posture. In as little as 60 seconds, it's been proven that through optimizing your posture, you, you can reduce the production of the stress hormones, cortisol, adrenaline, noradrenaline, and increase the super six feel-good chemicals, the serotonin, and andamide, oxytocin, endorphins, dopamine, and norepinephrine that characterize a bluehead state. So right now, if you're slouching, fix it. If your chin is tucked, fix it. If your neck is bent, fix it. If your arms and legs are crossed, spread them out now. Occupy some space. Widen your stance. I don't want your hands anywhere near your face. I want you to pull your shoulders back, lift your chest, relax through your arms, soften your brow, lift your chin up and hold your head high. And smile, even if you don't feel like it. Smile now. If you can't bring yourself to do that, put a pen pencil in your mouth. This will elicit similar effects. If you follow the instructions so far, right now your brain is switching off the adrenaline taps and will have activated the release of some of the feel-good chemicals. Your biology can lead your psychology, and that's kind of where we're going with this. But there's always going to be a lag, so stick with me. We want to continue optimizing your energy. We need to hack your hormone levels. You're going to do that now by focusing on your breathing. You need to control your breathing or your breathing will control you. This is the fastest way to shift the hormone levels in your brain. We've all heard it from Hendo. You're going to inhale for a count of four, pausing at the top of the breath before exhaling with a loud, audible sigh for a count of around eight. Again, with a slight pause at the bottom of the breath before repeating this two or three times. I'm going to count you through the first breath now. You can close your eyes if you want. I want you to inhale for one, two, three, four, and then pause for a moment and then exhale with a loud audible sigh for eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, and one. Again, pausing at the bottom of the breath before you repeat this pattern. Remember, we're inhaling for around four seconds, pausing at the top of the breath, and then exhaling with that loud audible sigh for around that eight second count before that slight pause again, and then rolling into the third breath. Nice work if you've given it a go. When your breath is short, shallow, and irregular, it stimulates the production of three stress hormones, cortisol, noradrenaline, and adrenaline. Your mind and body will be all over the place. When your breath is deep and stable, so are you. You stimulate the production of the super six neurochemicals we talked about that make you feel good. Consequently, your mind becomes calm and controlled. The sigh fills your lungs with more than your normal breath would, which helps oxygenate your brain and body. 
giving a relieving effect through stimulating your vagus nerve, which is the only way you can consciously signal to your emotional brain to relax. This lowers your heart rate and reduces your blood pressure. And again, we're using biology to lead our psychology. And for that reason, I want you to try and retain this pattern of breathing for the rest of this session, but also generally whenever you're experiencing redhead moments. The counting is also great as it occupies your attention, making it difficult for your emotional brain to regain or continue with any momentum it might have. The work we've done so far should have halted the emotional brain from at least running riot. Now, it's time to bring some logic to the party. Let's start with getting some perspective. First, it's important for you to remember that in Redhead, your emotional brain will overestimate the challenge in this moment. Secondly, we forget that our emotional state is temporary. Just like all the great things that happen, this negative event and these negative feelings will pass. Thirdly, you need to remember that the feelings you're experiencing physically and emotionally are perfectly normal. No one gets to avoid this. No one. And anyone that says otherwise is a psychopath, dead, or a liar. So give yourself the permission to be human. You're not special in this respect. Equally, there's nothing wrong with you. Four, excellence is volatile. There are no straight lines to the top. Maybe you're losing, you mess something up, you're behind schedule. It's not totally unexpected. You will mess up from time to time. This is par for the course. Five, failure, challenge, uncertainty is potential for improvement. For the most part, challenges help you identify areas you can optimize and can lead you to make crucial corrections that lead you to adapting to a superior level. The aim, of course, in acknowledging these points is that they should act like a little bit of a release valve, reducing your perceptions of the demands imposed on you. We're gonna continue using logic in the form of what we call Socratic dialogue to assist us in transitioning the power supply from the emotional brain to the frontal brain. I want you to reflect on the following questions. One, how many times have you encountered this emotional state before? Two, how many times has it been useful? Three, how often have the causes actually been as catastrophic as you thought they might be? The reality is the outcomes are unlikely to be anywhere near as bad as you probably think. Four, how will this situation affect you in a month? How will this situation affect you in a year? And how will this situation affect you in three years? These questions can further help you unravel the futility of being emotional, which assists your emotional brain to accept logic here and start to let the issue go. Great job so far. How are you feeling? I want you to stick with me. If you follow the process so far, again, changes will be en route. There's always that lag, unfortunately. So just stick with it. You'll get there. Next on our list is how you're talking to yourself. The way you talk to yourself impacts the way you feel. There are three things I want from you right now. One, replace any statements like, I am tense, I am frustrated, I am stressed, to this is tense, this is annoying, or this is stressful. I am insinuates your failures are who you are, an identity. This is more accurately states that your failures are temporary, which of course they are. Two, I want you to replace I can't with I don't know how yet. The former suggests that the situation is final, which is not true. There are always solutions out there, and your responsibility now is to go and find it, which you will. Every problem has a solution, else by definition, it's not a problem. It doesn't mean it'll be easy, but there are always solutions. And if you bring the right strategy and effort, you'll find them. Thirdly, 
replace negative actions like stop looking down you look so nervous with positive actions along the lines of lift your chin up look up and make eye contact focusing on the threat encourages victimhood and triggers more redhead rather than things to avoid give yourself positive actions to achieve focus on the goal this draws your energy and attention to the solution and the opportunity which lies within it which is to display confident behavior and get back on top Next up, I want you to reduce your perceptions of the demands placed on you. When you perceive that your demands exceed your capacity, the product is redhead. Therefore, one way to get back into green or blue is to reduce your demands. One way we can lighten the load is by adjusting our timeframe expectations. So narrow your focus down to what you feel you can cope with, even if it's the next breath. Focus on taking that next breath and then the next one. Then maybe you can focus on the next 10 seconds from there, perhaps the next minute, the next five minutes, so on, so forth. If you can't think about tomorrow because right now it's just too overwhelming, that's fine. Don't. One of the best things you can do when you're faced with crisis is to shorten your time frame. We can build victory by focusing on just one tiny step at a time. Another option is to just forget about it for now, at least. Everything feels urgent and important in redhead reality is it's probably not if it's not urgent and important i want you to just park it a third option is to temporarily reduce your standards when something feels too stressful terrifying or you're blocked and the answers just aren't flowing you need to temporarily lower your standards to a threshold that you can confidently deal with and that you're actually prepared to deal with no matter how small or low that might be for people like us who set high expectations, most of the pressure we feel is self-imposed. The reality is that you at 50% is probably enough to move the situation forward at a minimum. Option four, reduce the size and scale. It's highly likely you're trying to do too much in one go. Your level of stress can be attributed to the complexity of your problems. And breaking a complex problem down means solutions become easier to find. Instead of writing the presentation, solving the problem, replying to the email, just write down the five to 10 things the presentation, problem, or email needs to cover. The aim is to move from one insurmountable challenge to a series of achievable challenges, to a long list of easy wins. And as you do this, your perceptions of the battle you face will gradually shrink. You'll start to lean in, to commit, and that glint in your eye will return. And then suddenly you're back in the fight. Small wins can spiral you back on track fast, growing your appetite for the next challenge. So cut the challenge down to size, deconstructing it into smaller and smaller challenges. A fifth option is that in Redhead, you zero in on the problem or the first solution that comes to mind. And this makes it really hard to consider alternative options. The reality is that the challenges in front of you have a variety of solutions. I'm going to throw you a series of questions that will bump start the creative problem solving part of your brain. First up, what would the solution look like if it was simple? What's the last thing the opposition, competition or enemy would expect you to do? If you only had a day to deliver the result, how would you do it? What could magic away this problem? More money, a bigger network, temporarily working like a Spartan? How could you eliminate parts of the problem altogether? Whatever the problem, you're probably not the first and almost definitely won't be the last. Sometimes it's not how, but who. 
Who's solved this problem before? Who could you ask for help? Who could you delegate it to? Okay, good work so far. To recap, we've interrupted the emotional cascade and slowed down the onslaught. Benefits are incoming. We've also activated your frontal logical brain to start taking control back. Again, benefits will be en route. There's always that lag, so you need to stick with the process. We're going to keep building momentum, this time by providing a structure for action. Whatever the challenge, there are always opportunities to counter, to innovate, to overcome. It's all well and good avoiding or deflecting your opponent's punches, but to excel, you must be ready to actually strike back and exploit the opportunity presented. This is, of course, called countering. In boxing, the counterpunch immediately follows the attack launched by your opponent that exploits the opening created in their guard. Now, with the counterattack front and center, you engage your offensive spirit, activating your predatory blue head. This transcends you from a rabbit in the headlights to a lion on the hunt. As you do so, you unleash more and more of your psychological firepower, the blue head hormones that are the catalyst for all your creative breakthroughs, problem solving, and the confidence and motivation to find a way forward, even if only a trickle to begin with. So how do we do this? Well, one way is through adopting your alter ego. You know what you need to achieve and you know the behavior needed to achieve it. But sometimes you just feel conflicted or insecure about exhibiting certain behaviors. Enter the alter ego. It provides you with some interpersonal distance that can make you feel more comfortable exhibiting whatever these behaviors might be. This helps you amplify sparks of positivity and proactivity. So how do we do it? Take a moment to pick someone optimized to overcome the challenge at hand. This could be you at your absolute best, in your prime, or someone you look up to, a friend, a fictional character, colleague, celebrity, or family member, perhaps even Hendo himself. I want you to try this now. Select someone better, not perfect. Better is fine. Whoever you've picked, I want you to reflect now. What does this person say to themselves in the situation you're in? How would they stand? What are they thinking? How would they feel? What behavior do you think they demonstrate to seize control? What opportunities might they see in this situation? And what actions would they potentially consider? Good job on reflecting there. Now, if you're following me through this routine, you should be feeling a greater sense of calm and control. Your energy and attention should be appropriately directed now towards finding solutions. But to really grip this situation, the next step is we have to behave to become. The secret behind people that appear to be all over life is that they don't wait to feel great before they get after it. They just do it. They know that their feelings follow their actions. You need to change your behavior first and trust that your feelings will follow. You could call this fake it till you make it, but starting is the hardest part. You gain momentum as you go. In physics, activation energy is the initial spark needed to catalyze a reaction. The same activation energy, both physically and psychologically, is needed for you to overcome your inertia and kickstart yourself into action. The message is, if you want to feel more confident, Smile, look others in the eye and ask questions. Or if you want to get more work done, sit down and do some, even if it's just for five minutes. If you want to work hard, ignore distractions, actively listen and go the extra mile. 
the key thing is that when you don't have confidence, resilience or motivation, it's actually easier to behave yourself into these states rather than think your way. By regulating the action, which is under your direct control, you can indirectly regulate the feeling, which is not. It might feel like action follows feeling, but really action and feeling go together. This acts as a complete interruption, enabling you to take control. So in order to maintain your positive trajectory and to continue to build, what you need to do now is decide on what you're going to do to profit from this challenge you've encountered. You have four options. All four are a form of taking action, activating your predatory circuitry. The one thing you can't do is nothing. Inaction is not an option for you. So option one, if something obvious has jumped into your head now, now is the time to execute on it in terms of action. Anxious feelings are very often your unconscious mind prompting you to take action and deal with the challenge in front of you. You'll probably find that as soon as you take action, the negative feelings will begin to subside. If there's something obvious you can do that's popped into your head that you want to do and that you feel capable of doing, then go and do it. Alternatively, take ownership of your immediate environment. If you're in the office, training ground or at home, look around for something that needs fixing, then get up and fix it. This is a classic make your bed, write your to-do list, draft the email, write for two minutes, make a call. Again, fixing something, no matter how small, gives you that spike in the super six feel-good hormones. This is what catalyzes that small win that can very quickly spiral upwards. Option two, download. If there are no obvious areas of attack right now, then that's fine. Another option for you is to download your thoughts and feelings to yourself through a journal, notes on your phone, or a call with a colleague, friend, family member. A problem shared is a problem halved and all that sometimes letting the emotional brain tire itself out before attempting to domesticate it is the most sensible option. Expressing the emotion can act like a release valve that allows the emotional brain to enter a state where it will actually listen to reason or maybe even switch off entirely. This could be a 60-minute download to a friend, a five-minute riff to a colleague in the office. Your only obligation is to choose wisely, someone you trust who's not going to wallow in your self-pity. For now, Keep it private, safe, and only if you've controlled the arousal. Option three, the physical check-in. This part is so important. I want it to become a regular course of action for you throughout your day, like brushing your teeth is. It should almost be your instant go-to whenever you feel the onset of redhead. A thudding heartbeat, racing mind, sweat streaming down your brow. This is not necessarily anxiety. However, when you experience these symptoms, your emotional brain starts to search for predictions to explain these physical sensations. If it's three o'clock and something's kicked off and your only source of fuel for the day so far is the four Americanos you consumed at 150 milligrams plus of caffeine per hit because you skipped breakfast and missed lunch, and now you're jogging on the spot with steam coming from your ears, you probably don't need to question your existential dilemmas. Instead, you need to answer the following five questions. One, are you breathing properly? You should be, seen as about 10 minutes ago, you've been instructed to. If you're not, fix it now. Two, how thirsty are you on a scale of one to 10? 10 being zero thirst. Chances are, if you're below seven, you could be up to 2% of your body weight dehydrated. This can reduce your ability to think by up to and over 20%. Fix it now. Go and hydrate. 
I know so many Olympic programs where athletes literally get fined if they don't have a bottle of water at arm's length. This is so important. Three, do you need to go to the toilet? Quite simply, restricting the urge to go is going to spike your blood pressure and your stress hormones. If so, go fix it now. Four, on a scale of one to 10, how hungry are you? If you're below a six or seven, your blood sugar could be low. This is going to leave you extremely susceptible to negative emotions and has terrible effects on your decision making. Go eat something now. Five, are you putting away too much caffeine? Caffeine is a stimulant. Its jittery effects are the same as those you experience in a frightening event. So if you hit the redhead routine, let's cut it out for the next 24 hours at least. Look, the message here is that you must listen to your brain and body. They can trigger hunger, thirst, or make you aware that you're in a suboptimal state, but you have to act on what they're telling you. Your fourth and final option, engage your mind. At this stage of the control switch routine, your aim is to continuously positively activate your brain's calm control trajectory that you've set so far. This could include a walk alone or with a friend. It could include exercise, listening to music that conjures energy, prayer that summons strength, story that inspires positivity, conversation that rallies confidence. They all have the power to make the hair on the backs of our necks stand up. Music can perform the function of a time machine. Single song, lyrics, tempo, mood can take you back to a time or place or set emotions off like nothing else can. Classical music has been proven to deactivate the stress hormones that we associate with Redhead. The intricate patterns and gradually unfolded textures can be like a perfect soundtrack for decompression and calm. Prayer is another obvious act that can bring us into the moment if relevant to you. Bring in hope, showing gratitude, narrowing your focus into the now few of the reasons it's so powerful inspiring ted talks youtube clips from expert performers finding inspirational or poignant talks that you resonate with that can be really effective uh, in terms of helping you flick the switch and bounce back to the optimal state for you the key thing here is your connection with the material is meaningful and bespoke to you after all, you are the expert on you. If you want something to do to engage your mind, you need to go and create your own emotional control playlist on Spotify, YouTube, or Audible right now. Look, hopefully by now your negative emotions are starting to subside and you have less negative energy coursing through you. Maybe you even felt a jolt of positive energy return. I appreciate some of you are just listening to this as an example routine. But if you have followed this control switch example and given it a go, then congratulations on being the sort of person that identifies that they have an area to optimize in terms of this psychological skill and have taken control of the situation by initiating action and following this routine. That alone is why the probability is high you'll get through most of the challenges you're going to be presented with and will most likely emerge way stronger from doing so. The vast majority of people act like they're slaves to their emotional states. And if you followed this emotional routine, then you haven't. So congratulations. You're now in an exclusive group of people that don't wallow in their self-pity. You identify your problems and do something about it. This is outlier behavior. So congratulations for engaging in it. 
the thing I love most about this routine is that every time you follow the process, you literally rewire your brain's default pattern response for dealing with challenge. So the more you follow it, the stronger this skill will get. And eventually it will just become your default response to dealing with challenges that you'll inevitably be presented with. And this is what I love about routines. You're rewiring the way your brain responds to challenge. It's like a mind gym. Your psychological fitness for dealing with challenge grows and grows. And there's no end to how far you can take this. Remember, emotional control is a skill. And like any skill, the more you do it, the better you get at it. The first time is the hardest. Keep up the good work. And remember, I'm always here to support you on this journey. If you feel like you can benefit from routines like this, then check in and follow the link in the description to access more guided performance routines through the Mindset app. I just want to say a massive thank you to Hendo. I really appreciate your time, mate. Can't wait to see you in Miami soon. And uh, yeah, absolute pleasure to have you on the pod.